live. Welcome, friends, to the Collector Series and a panel on TCG. And with me, I have two um, very astute and studied collectors of the TCG world and Yamwax and Bro Namath. Um, we might be seeing uh, Manny here in a little bit. He's running a little behind. He might still join us. But nonetheless, we are here with uh, some great knowledge. And the purpose of this episode was... Gentlemen, I felt like there's a lot of misunderstanding in the TCG market, uh, TCG in general. I think there's a lot of card collectors that are, there's all the nuances of cards. You kind of understand how that all works. And then there's a lot of us, you know, myself included, a sports card collector that doesn't know a lot about Pokemon other than my daughter collecting it and enjoying it. I don't really, I mean, you go to Walmart or you go to Target to buy a pack or you buy those little tins and all that stuff. To me, it's just, there seems to be a big there's a lot to be explored. So I thought it would be important to have a, an actual episode where we actually, we, we walk through and sort of go through this discovery phase for all of us out here that aren't as updated and educated on the TCG history of TCG history of Pokemon origins and all of that, and walk through all that together so that maybe there'd be a better understanding of what it is. Cause we see the cards that are posted on stories and I mean, a bro name, it's got some amazing, they're just gorgeous looking cards. It's like they're literally art. And then you see, and then you hear the story behind them. And we talked about that in our last call. So um, thank you both for joining and taking some time out of your day. Or I know we're all busy. Um, so yeah, why don't we start with you? Um, why don't you uh, give, give us a back, background into what got you in, what, what was attractive to you and got you into to Pokemon and TCG in general? How did you yeah. get into this? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I kind of came to it in a roundabout way. I think a lot different than other collectors. And um, first off, I, I hope Manny shows up because you've got to balance out someone with a real name, right? We've got DPZ, Bro Namath, Yamwax here um, having fun. But that that's what Pokemon is for me. It's, it's fun. It's art. It's history. And I came to it through my kids. Um, my oldest son started collecting kind of around the hype and the boom, but he didn't really get into it. And I'd been a sports card collector as a kid and then got reintroduced to sports cards because my son uh, was in, you know, second, third grade and wanted to beat his buddies and get better cards. So we go to a sports card shop to try to find some Pokemon cards for him. And they've got half of it as Pokemon and half of it sports cards. And I got reintroduced to the whole trading thing, really got into vintage uh, sports cards while my son was collecting Pokemon. And, and we started kind of crossing over and doing it together, which was really great. And I was so into vintage and he wanted to get these newest cards. And I thought, Hey buddy, let's go back and like look into the history of this. And I, and I tend to just dive deep into things. And so I'm exploring these, you know, these cards and realizing there's a whole series of cards before 1999 out of Japan that are beautiful from the original illustrators, um, finding out the origins of these things and how rare some of this early Japanese stuff is and kind of went crazy importing things and figuring out how to translate sites in Japanese and, um, and then together, you know, we were checking off checklists together, but uh, I went even deeper and just kind of fell in love with it all. So um, I've had a lot of fun in a way I kind of feel like I'm a, a translator between, you know, the sports card world and the Pokemon world in that I've uh, I really delved deep in both of them. How's it going? Oh, hold on one second here. Oh, there's Manny. Hold on. So, uh, so I got technical difficulties here. I'll just uh, close that window. There we go. Um, 
Let me add you in here, Manny. Hey. There you are. <laughs> hey, Manny. Sorry so, for the tardiness. Let me, let me, okay, so let me just back this up a little bit. So what is it about, like, because it's a TCG, what is it about Pokemon that makes it the most well, I'm going to say it's the most well-known. Is it fair to say that it's the most well-known? I mean, I feel like, or is that not fair to say? Because I'm just thinking at it, coming at it from like in my point of view, I, I knew a Pokemon one was when I was a younger, when I was younger, but I you know, obviously collected and played cards, but and it came along, you know, when I was a bit older, but still like when I think about TCG, I think about Pokemon before I pick, I think about Yu-Gi-Oh! You see those packs in the stores, but is that, is it, is it the most visible popular TCG game? Card. I, think it's, I think it's the most collectible, but I think Magic would probably be the biggest TCG game being played still. Okay. Okay. As a brand, though, nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't eclipse. There's. It's funny. There are TCGs for Star Wars. There are TCGs for Harry Potter. And you think like, I think some of us think those are gigantic brands that must be bigger than everything. Marvel doesn't have one, but if they did. Um, they would all be smaller in total uh, revenue as a property, as a brand property than Pokemon. It's kind of nuts between the video games and the shows and the, right. you know, they're constantly reinventing. There's over a thousand characters now. So it's just a gigantic brand at this point. So from a brand awareness yeah. standpoint, it's bigger, right? Then, mm -hmm. then, yeah. Yeah. but the but magic, the gathering, you're saying, Brandon, that's a bigger, there's a, is there a bigger base of, is players. it more like deep? Is it deeper? Does it run deeper? I guess is the better way to say it. I've, I've never gotten into magic myself. I just know that if you go to any card shop in the U.S., people are going to be playing magic every time you walk in there. I don't really see okay. anyone playing Pokemon necessarily, but it's not to say that okay. Pokemon is not a good TCG. I just think it's more a collector's set now than it would be TCG for a playing format. Okay. All right. Um, well, I, as a kid, there during the anime boom when Pokemon came, and in the '90s, it was Pokemon and like Dragon Ball Z that really brought anime to like the mainstream in America. Uh, I, I would agree with Riamwax saying like as, as a brand, it's like nothing even touches it or compares. Um, I go to card shops. Magic is big. Pokemon's big. You'll see Yu-Gi-Oh is big, um, and uh, uh, Bro Navith know, knows about. The tournaments I know you uh, across the world with Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Pokemon, uh, you can make a lot of money with that. Especially the cards, the trophy cards, uh, the resale value of those. Um, Bro knows all about those. So yeah, definitely big TCGs. I would say Pokemon is the the biggest as a name, like uh, like a casual name, like that your mom or dad might know about. They know that Pokemon's a card game. Maybe they heard of Magic, maybe not. But uh, yeah, Magic's big too. What, what's the demographic of the does there crossover are there magic the gathering fans that dabble in pokemon it sounds like pokemon sort of more of a collecting i want to buy i want to have i want to slab it i want to or i want to set collect and all that and then there's magic the gathering dragon ball z these are all like people are actively playing these games like they're involved the cards are something but the game is something different right the game is bigger the game dictates everything more 
Well, I think what's interesting is that as these guys were talking about, you know, who plays it the most and Ronanith, I think is right. If you go to a card shop, you're going to see the most serious competitors and the most games organized around Magic the Gathering. My son is actually leveled up into Magic and that's kind of a thing. If you're serious about it, you sort of go to the next level. Magic is a pretty tough game and it's, you know, you're going to have more serious competition. But if you're on a school bus in third grade or fourth grade or at an after school care place, there's kids playing Pokemon left and right. Now they might not all be playing competitively or following the exact rules, but they're playing at this age where nostalgia becomes such a huge thing to them that then I think it invigorates the collecting as they get older. Okay, great. Bro, why don't you just walk us through your journey um, into TCG and what got you interested in that? I mean, we recap from the last episode we have, but for the, the sake of the panel. Um, for me, it was the first Watsi set, right? Pokemon when I was growing up in the you know, late 90s. That was everything to me. You know, you're watching Pokemon before school in the morning on a Cartoon Network, and then you're going to uh, to school, and everyone's talking about the newest episode that came out in Dragon Ball. Like Manny mentioned, it was a, a great clash. But the Pokemon cards, as a kid, in you know fifth, sixth grade, I mean, that was such a cultural phenomenon. Like I couldn't wait to get out of school to go to the card shop to get the newest set, and then come back and then trade with everyone at school. So for me, that's what birthed my uh, anime merged into um, the cards uh, and especially the Watsi set. Got it. Um, Manny, why don't you walk us through your, your origin? How you doing, buddy? Walk us through the origin story. What got you into TCG? What got you into Pokemon? I, I feel like Pokemon and is it you? You're more of a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Uh, no, I'm a Pokemon Dragon Ball Z guy. I'm very similar to Bro, actually. We have very similar uh, upbringings with the whole uh, Pokemon Dragon Ball Z um, anime boom in the 90s. Uh, back then, uh, the internet was uh, relatively new. There wasn't as many, like, there, there was no streaming platforms. Uh, you only had so many channels on TV. So, like, there was less options, less uh, competition. So, I think that's why Pokemon w uh, was so huge, one of the reasons. Uh, along with uh, these other animes like Yu-Gi-Oh as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was a cartoon. It, the video game came, like, right before or right after the, uh, the cartoon. They coincided with each other, and they were both so popular. Uh, they are just great at marketing. <laughs> the, the show was fun. Uh, the, the idea of, like, having pets that can level up. It, it's like what, what Pokemon is is, like, having a puppy or a dog that you can fight with and you can heal them, and they get bigger and stronger, and then you get bigger and stronger with them. As a trainer, you get uh, trophies and uh, badges and stuff. So it's kind of just like uh, our, uh, my my era's uh, like mythology, like our Zeus, our Hercules, or whatever. Uh, it, it's just a very fun, and um, yeah, I collected. Uh, I I, I knew I didn't know anyone that actually played the game. Like we were all just collecting it because we knew the characters from the show. And uh, we loved them. So no, none of us actually played it. I didn't start playing until I was like a teenager, actually, uh, when I actually learned the rules. But it was just, uh, toys, cards, yeah, all, all of the above. Very cool. Very cool. So let's go. Let's I'm gonna take it back to you, Yam. You, uh, we were talking before we started the episode. We thought there was an opportunity to maybe walk us back through the history of Pokemon, the very first set, the misconceptions on when it arrived. Can you um, unpack some of that for us and maybe educate everybody who is unaware of the origins and how it all kind of came to be from what you understand? Yeah, man, I'm glad to kick that off. Um, and the other guys can chime in, too, if you have anything to add as far as context. But um, it's interesting because 
you know, these guys are indicative of that giant, you know, 1999 wave Pokemon hits the shores of America and people go crazy over it. And, you know, parents are trying to wait in line at stores to get boxes for their kids, especially on the coast where they, that was the only place you could get the first edition boxes. And those went like, you know, just disappeared immediately. Um, but all over the country, you know, there's that American wave we all know about and those big, you know, 1999 first edition base uh, shadow lists and so on Charizards that go for six figures. Um, but before that, there's a rich history for years in Japan where the game originated. And I just thought that was so cool. Um, and uh, it really started before the card set with the video games, is my understanding. Now, I wasn't into the Game Boy games and the video games, but there were, I believe, a red and a, was it a red and a green game, guys, I think, or uh, different different colored games at first. And that's where it originated in like 1995. And if you see the trademark stamp on a ton of different years of Pokemon cards, you'll see a 1995 trademark stamp on there. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, this led to um, a confusion that I think still confuses people to this day. In that um, the very first cards that were released were released in September of 1996. Um, that was the Cardass set. But for the, for the longest time, people have thought that perhaps Top Sun was the first set. And there's all kinds of theories and conspiracy theories about how it possibly could have been conceived early. But what really happened is that PSA put 1995 on the label because of that 1995 trademark stamp on the bottom. That again is on a ton of cards, even modern ones. Um, so you have top the top sunset, which is a beautiful set, awesome set. It's rare. It's great to collect. But in reality, I think most collectors today believe that's a 1997 set. Oh. Let's back up again. So that's not the first set. <laughs> and unfortunately, there were some huge sales that, you know, I believe uh, the Charizard from 1997 top sun sold for what was it? Almost half a million dollars and and ultimately resold for closer to hundred thousand dollars so lost a ton of value and all of that confusion but this um, PSA still mislabels it even to this day even though that new information is out like you're talking about they, they they have not changed their stance on it like still 95. yeah i don't get what's, it what's interesting about all this information that yeah wax is given beautifully is like all this is like coming out like in the last couple of years like we're, we're learning as the hobby grows we're still finding out this information uh, so and and Yamwax like knows it all somehow. I, I learned from him. I like, I pretty much get all my info from him. <laughs> no, it's a great point, Manny, because I was confused for a while too. Like I thought, well, this is 90, 1995. It makes sense. It's the first ever set. Nothing before that, right? And you mm -hmm. dig in and you learn more, and and it's kind of hard to unwrap because there just isn't a lot of material from the mid 90s out of Japan, and we kind of rely on these big. Um, promotional books, the Koro Koro magazines, which really are like big fat phone books almost of, of information on all kinds of anime and TCG stuff. And you look for ads in there about when things were launched and released. Um, and there just isn't anything about Top Sun. And, but you do see that Cardus was announced to release in September of 1996, one month before the official first TCG cards. And that would be a card like this. This is a um, you know, a 1996 oh, wow. red version, they come in red and green. And, uh, you know, the That's prisms cool. are really cool. Cardus is an interesting set. It hasn't quite taken off. I don't feel like, you know, respected as that first ever set. I think in some ways, like, there's a beautiful 1997 Cardus set that people love to collect because it just has amazing illustrations on it. But these are great, too. And they, you know, arguably are the first ever uh, Pokemon cards from 1996. And then a month later, you get the TCG set that looks a lot like that 1999, you know, first edition or 1999 set. Um, 
And, uh, but it was printed in huge quantities in Japan, just like it was here. Um, and is probably the most well-known Japanese set. But then you get more sets along the way in like 1997. Again, Top Sun is believed to be 97. Um, sets like the Tommy Scratch set that I love, which is really hard to come by, a very scarce set, um, especially in unscratched condition. And then there's other things through there like Nisui, which was released inside of sausage packs and all kinds of crazy things like that to collect. They're a lot of fun, a lot of fun, like tough to find niche collections. But, um, you know, here's that 1996, you know, a 1996 set of the TCG that came out a month after Cardus. And then here's an example of like a 1997 Tommy Scratch set that are, so tough to find low pop and you're looking for these unscratched where those panels haven't been scratched off because this was a game that was meant to be uh played against somebody and you'd scratch off your moves to beat your opponent so they're really tough to find in that unscratched condition wow and i would that's like incredible. to thank yam wax that's such a rare set he was just talking about this uh the tommy scratch and he's gifted me several sealed packs of that which uh i've opened a few sent some for grading uh and he's gifted many people across the hobby free packs no charge just mm -hmm. from the goodness of his heart so thank you for that yeah man you bet i appreciate the you know the hobby really was a savior during the pandemic and to have this community and talk with chat with all you guys um was just tremendous for community and the least way i could pay back was to share some of the cards that i'm super passionate about and love and i was lucky to you know land into um a ton of these boxes early on of that tommy scratch set and so I, you know, maybe opened about 10 boxes worth and then gave, gave away about 10 boxes worth of packs out of these. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun and it's fun to see the community develop and learn to love these cards like I do. No, you're definitely a leader in the community. I think everybody kind of looks to you and your name is, is always coming up when it comes to TCG. Thanks for that background. Is, so Char, let's talk about Charizard for a second since you were in there. That's the one everybody knows about. I mean, if you're looking for something that you're thinking about Charizard, right? So tell me about Charizard. What's what's the history behind that character? Why is it so important? Why does it go for why does it sell for so much money? Like educate me. I'm I'm a complete fool. I don't know any of this. So very ignorant. Go ahead and just tell me from the grassroots up. Like, why is that important? Is that you, bro? Is that you, Ooh, man? Me? Oh man, I'm, I'm just sitting here listening out. I mean, as a kid, Charizard was the biggest draw because he was the most powerful, right? So okay. you're looking at the decks, everyone's like, All right, well, who's the most powerful Pokemon? And it's, and it's obviously across the board going to be Charizard. Everyone came through, uh, and then Mewtwo as well. But watching uh, just the evolution of the anime and then the card game, his, his card is just, it's a menacing card. You know, it's just a beautiful card. So that's what drives the value, is it? At least to me, as a, as a kid, when I was collecting, like to me, that was the card to have. And it doesn't look at it ever changed. It continued to be the same forever. Okay. So it's like, the, yeah, the, so. The, the, sorry, uh, go ahead, Benny. No, go ahead, Benny. Yeah, the, the, the anime, the show, and the movie, the movies drive everything, I think. It, uh, they, they are, the, the, that's what gets the kids' eyes, but plus the video games. But the, the games don't evo uh, involve the main character, Ash, from the show. Uh, the, the main character is called Red, which is like a rendition of Ash, but not quite Ash. So the, the anime drives everything. So as kids, Charizard was Ash's strongest Pokemon. And he was also like a, a rebel. Like he didn't really listen to Ash. Um, he thought like uh, he was like too good for him, too strong. Um, so he had that rebel personality, which was cool. Um, um, uh, almost like a, a Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. I, I, um, 
don't know if you guys know Dragon. I know Bro knows Dragon Ball Z, but Vegeta was also a rebel who didn't listen. Very prideful. That was Charizard in Pokemon, and he was just uh, he was powerful. He was a rebel, and plus his card was the rarest card to pull in that first iconic set. So with all that going on, uh, he he was the guy, and uh, he just still remains to be the guy. Uh, people who come into the Pokemon hobby just wanting to make money off of the cards. They don't know anything about Charizard. That that's just the theme now. They they hear Charizard and they don't know anything about it, but he's got that reputation somehow, and continues to have. He's just the the card to get. And uh, and the Pokemon company when they come out with new sets, they they're smart about it. They'll make sure that's the chase card. That would be the hardest card to pull, even in modern sets. Uh, they just know what they're doing. So it makes a lot of sense, you know, uh, just as someone who didn't experience all that, the games and the shows and everything, but I'd see it. It made sense to me. I mean, a big stonking, uh, big stonking dragon just is awesome. Right. And you see it in, in Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, and, and different things too. The blue eyes, white dragon is a huge chase card. Dragons are awesome. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. what's hilarious is that you look at the card and it's a little bit of a letdown to see that he's only like five, six or five, seven. He's not that tall. Right. But well, I think in Japanese culture, though, too, dragons are always a sign of power. Uh, and across a lot of TCGs, a dragon will always be the symbol of power in those TCGs, whether it's looking at Dragon Ball with Shenron or Charizard, or Blue Eyes, White Dragon, it's across the board. Uh, dragons are always going to be a big focal point of power. You want to hear something funny? In the, in the Pokemon world, Charizard isn't even technically a dragon. <laughs> Really? He's not a dragon. He's just a lizard. <laughs> but it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But uh, no. we, we we all see him as a dragon. But that's a dragon forever, right? Them to me as well. <laughs> all I know so, is that Super Bowl champion Travis Kelsey, when he was on Hot Ones, uh, at one point when he was breaking down, he said, "Man, it feels like a Charizard just took a dump in my mouth." <laughs> <laughs> So when something transcends through to Super Bowl winning tight ends, uh, it's pretty powerful brand. That's incredible. Like, so I guess the, so. The Charizard sort of like the fifty-two mantle. He's the he's the fifty-two mantle. That card is that fair to say for if you want to use an analogy or a com between sports cards and TC and, and Pokemon anyway? Because I know that Dragon Ball that's they're all very different and there's different probably. I, I think cards. Charizard is the face of the TCG and that particular card from the from the ninety set. I think that's the face of TCG. Your name, if I think is right, it's like the face of whatever sport keeps changing, right? The current face is maybe Luca or something for basketball. Before it was Kobe and LeBron and Jordan and, and you know, on and on and on back. And the thing and about Charizard does, is these characters right. keep, they keep reappearing too. So Charizard continues and, you know, the 52 mantle is probably a certain Charizard, maybe that 99 first edition base one. Right, so I was going to say, so the 99 is like, that's the first year. That's the first appearance of Charizard on a trading card. And that's why that card is so valuable. Yeah. So I kind of think of like the different sets as different types of sets in, say, basketball. You know, you have the, maybe that uh, 96 Cardus is like, you know, 61 Fleer or something. And the 97 uh, Tomy is like the Topps Test, the really rare set that came out in 1968 for basketball. Um, and then, you know, that first edition base is like the 1986 Fleer. It just these you can kind of compare it to sets in a way, but it's hard to compare it to a specific player card. I'm gonna dive into a topic I know Bro is not gonna like to hear because it's, it's gonna be painful for him. But I've recently kind of gotten more into this. I my wife's kind of giving me a hard time about it, but uh, Funko Pops. Uh, so I 
I, I live like 20 minutes away from the flagship store in Everett. So I'm, I'm not sitting very far away from there. And, you know, the kids go ice skating and then I, we pop into the store and they get a, a pop. All the kids love pops. They get them all the time. Um, of course, they open them up and play with them, which, you know, as, we, as a kid is what you're supposed to do. They're not quite there yet. But I've got a, a little bit of a stash I've collected and got the app and all of that. But um, how has TCG transcend? Because I see all these different characters and Funko Pops, I don't know what they are. And my daughter loves getting the Pokemon characters. You know, like all the Leafeon, I think is her favorite. Like she gets all these different ones. Is has that has that created another whole market, like a whole another segment? Or is it just the same people that love TCG that are just gonna go into the Funko Pop market and grab those and buy those? And there's the whole talk of vaulting and all that kind of stuff. Any one of you want to jump in on that? I don't know. Brandon, you have some experience um... in it. I, I just well yeah in the past <laughs> but I I think uh, anime as a whole has gotten so much more popular on a global stage that it's only right for there to be Funko Pops and they're not necessarily TCGs like I'm wearing a Chainsaw Man T-shirt right now like uh, they don't have a TCG for Chainsaw Man yet uh, but I'm sure there are going to be Funko Pops of them right because a cultural phenomenon people want to have the merchandise they want to express their love for that anime. And I think Funko has always done a great job of allowing people to express themselves, whether at your workstation at work or wherever that may be on display in your house, to kind of show who you are without having to tell someone, hey, I'm a big Chainsaw Man fan. Well, my Funko Pop will let you know that I'm a fan of, of that anime. And I think Funko does a great job of that. Do you yeah. think that they, are they growing? I mean, man, you, you got start, a few of them. Yeah. It, it all starts with the shows. It, it, that's where it stems from. People see the shows and then they want to show off their love for it, like uh, like uh, Bro's shirt there, or a toy, a book bag. You know, um, I got figures up here, little statues, box toys, and then Funko's here. And I, let me just bring this down. Hold on. So, are Funko's? Is there a? Uh, is there an actual segment, a market of people that just collect Funko's? The big Zard. That is a big one. Speaking of Charizard, as a Charizard Funko. And yeah, do, DPZ, I, I know there is. Um, like as a business tactic, I send people sports cards kind of based on where they're at or what they're interested in. And then I use it as a way to talk about collection. And that gets us you know, a business relationship as well. But um, I find there's a lot of this, like even executive level people that collect Funkos. It's really interesting. And I think there's a set. And this kind of yeah. stuff levels up. And Ro Namath is awesome at this, of being ahead of the curve on what's about to be graded. He's really good at like now that, you know, Funkos could be graded. That's prime territory, I feel like, for guys like Bro Namath. And I try to dabble a little bit there, too. But um, things that you could collect that once they get the authentication, it levels them up as a collectible. Interesting. So, but not every one of them is going to be collectible. See, I got a lot of sports figures. I just I just bought the Easy e because, uh, you know, I grew up late 80s. So I got the Easy e Funko Pop. It just came out yesterday. I mean, it's 12, 15 bucks, 12 bucks. I was kind of catching myself. Why am I buying this? Like, what? Well, I get the case that you know, the UV protected case to come along with it. I, I just wonder, and you're right. There are people, you know, at executive levels, collecting cards, collecting, you know, TCG, playing TCG, playing magic, um, playing or, or collecting Funko Pops, all these different sorts of things. And it's, um, it is an interesting topic because it's like, it's, it's rare to get into it in that conversation at that level when you're doing, when you're with, you know, you're handling work and you're in your meetings or discussions and about work. And then all of a sudden it, there's, it's hard to tangent into that, but there are, 
a handful of people at our bank even that that collect and and so we've kind of created this little group and it's you know upper level people is is yeah. it just more of that out there than you'd think i, I think people crave like you know kind of going back to their childhood it's it was such a you know easier time better time and if you can relate to things that you collect whether it's you know you collect high-end art or you collect funkos you know you're gonna have a good time um so there's a ton out there and i'm really interesting to see what like this next generation bro namath was talking about how anime is so popular you know all those shows are on netflix now my kids love it they love all the anime stuff the newest avatar series now i don't think that has cards but things like my hero academia they really liked and i don't think that got a lot of buzz as a collectible but who knows in 20 years you know people are nostalgic nostalgic for that series they might also be interested in the cards at that point. So, you know, there's all kinds of avenues you can go, whether you're chasing down things that may be graded someday, like I've been doing, trying to get like PC games that are the first ever games of things. Mm -hmm. This is an Apple PC game that came out in 1984 with the Macintosh. Apple only ever made one PC game themselves, you know, not farming it out to a development shop. And it was this game, Alice from 1984. Um, and so collecting those, thinking someday those are going to be graded. That's a lot of fun. But yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, you, there's so many avenues you can go down in this world. It's a total joy to try to find collecting lanes. Yeah, I love how you send a, a card to, uh, to other business professionals. That's awesome. That's a great segue. And totally. to touch on that, I was at the Dragon Ball National Tournament, uh, and I went to go purchase the national championship cards, the gold cards that are given out to the winners in Dragon Ball Tournament. And when I was there, I was sitting next to somebody, very unassuming. These guys, if you're in a group, you'll wear like a jersey that has who you're with and maybe who sponsors your team. And this guy has his jersey sitting next to me. He's very quiet. And I overhear him saying something. I'm like, what do you have to worry about insurance for, right? Just out of curiosity because he was mentioning something. He's like, oh, well, I'm an anesthesiologist. I'm like, oh, nice. That's what wasn't going to put that on my bingo card at all. So we started <laughs> with him and – and then another person uh, that was sitting over across from him was a plastic surgeon. Like these guys just come to play the game and enjoy the hobby and, and the, the challenge that uh, is given to combat somebody in that TCG. It's a really good point. I mean, you, just, you don't think about it, but you're probably just, there's, there are you know, airline pilots, there's CEOs of companies, there's doctors. I mean, it, it, the whole plethora of different, avenues of people different avenues of life that that want that escape want to enjoy doing something so what does uh, the future look like for and we've been saying anime is is really taking off do you think that there's is there anything that um if someone's watching this this program right now and they're either they're thinking about getting into tcg or they're learning about it um where where do you go like where do you start like if you're not watching a show where's your entry point into tcg I, it's hard for me to find anyone that doesn't watch these shows anymore, right, Manny? I feel like so many people talk about anime. It's it's insane. Back in the day, it was so taboo. You know, anime, what? You guys are, you're a loser. What are you talking about? Right. Um, and now it's just so acceptable. And it's it's a fun time to be an anime fan just because everyone talks about it. Everyone, uh, and there's so many avenues, Funko Pops, TCGs, T-shirts, memorabilia. Like there's so much out there. I think you just find what you like and dive into that. Like One Piece right now is huge in America. Just released with Bandai, official product. They're introducing their TCG right now. And uh, they're hosting tournaments. They're giving away prize cards. And they're really going to put a lot of money into One Piece. One Piece is one of the biggest animes uh, in the world ever uh, as far as the mangas. And people absolutely love One Piece. 
Well, let's say you did like, you know, something, there's always an avenue to dive into just to take it to the next step, right? I think you're right, Bro Namath, that's true. But like you love Pokemon, there's forums to dive into, like um, the E4 forum run by SM Pratt. You've got um, Instagram pages, which is great for whatever you're collecting. Go find people who regularly post and share cards and suddenly you're in a community and you get invited to, you know, private groups that chat about it. So there's there's lots of avenues like that. Just like for sports cards, we go to blow up forums and we follow IG accounts. Like the more you connect with the community, the more you learn and that connection really makes it even more fun. Yeah. I was trying to learn for my daughter's sake. You know, I want to be educated like for her and, you know, she's really into it. I bought her like 2019. I bought her these uh, Japanese, has Japanese, it's a Japanese Pokemon, but it's all like it has, it's not in English at all. It's all in Japanese. I forget what year. I'm not sure. It was like, it's a PSA 10. It's actually not bad. I think I got it for like a hundred dollars at the time. I'm not sure what it's worth now. I just know nothing about it. It's just like, I don't, what one is that? Is that a specific parallel? Is that just, is that, a, is that Poke, is that Pikachu's like 10th year card? I mean, does it matter? You know, it's so foreign to me. So it's, it, it is, it is, there is an interest there to kind of learn. So I hold on. I, I will say one thing though, Yem, it's, there's not really one place to go to, to find everything out about TCG, right? You have to go specific to a Pokemon forum. We had to go specific to a Dragon Ball forum. There's not mm -hmm. something that's out there like a blowout that kind of, puts everything into one bottle and you can just go and search and click from there. So it, it's, it's tough though, a little bit, because I've had people reach out to me and say, man, you're into one piece and now you're onto union arena. That's come out in Bandai with a bunch of animes under one umbrella for a TCG. Like, how do you know this? And I sit back to myself, I'm like, I don't really know. I just, you know, you just kind of on social media and you find out and you start digging into it. And so it's not that easy when you think about it for the newer stuff. Hey, TPZ, that's that's awesome. I totally agree, bro. Name it. That they do need that central would be really cool. Um, let's swing back. You had sent an interesting link earlier today about someone proposing. You know, someone that could be on par or bigger than Charizard if you considered it. I'm wondering what you guys think, and I, I can chime in too. Of if you were to nominate a, a second leading character for Pokemon, who would it be? For Pokemon, mm -hmm. that's an easy one, right, bro? It's gotta be Pikachu, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's Ash. Uh, Charizard was like his strongest uh, Pokemon in the first couple of seasons, but uh, since like the fourth season or whatever, he uh, he let Charizard go. Like in the show, he gets rid of Pokemon so he can get new Pokemon, the new generation of Pokemon, get new fans to watch. The characters change, but Ash and Pikachu always remain the same every season for the past uh, twenty years. Uh, until now, recently, he just won the uh, championship in the show, and I think they're, they're finally going to change the uh, main character. Um, but Pikachu, uh, you, you could argue that he's more popular than Charizard because I don't think Charizard has a float at the Thanksgiving parade, right? But Pikachu does. Pikachu's cuter, so it's uh, e easier for parents to, you know, allow their kids to attach to Pokemon because of that cute little mouse face yeah as a total outsider before i got into the pokemon world pikachu was the character i knew because he just kind of is in pop culture that way right but i think when you get into it you realize the power of charizard and his draw um the other thing pikachu is damn fun to play in super smash brothers right yeah electrify everybody it's pretty fun um you know that the post had made the case for chancy and i did think that was kind of interesting in just in terms of like the gameplay that Chansey means luck in Japanese 
And if you're playing a game, you want some luck on your side. And that that was a pretty cool character. He's not one of my favorites. Um, I like Snorlax and Slowbro and some of those guys as well. But Pikachu and Charizard, they're at the tops. But yeah, that that Chansey is, um, was the first ever coin evidently released uh, when they started releasing the coins. So that was kind of cool. And I, I, I just opened this while we were um, doing our preview. You guys didn't know this, but this is a Chansey from Tommy Scratch. These are dang hard to come by, kind of like that 99 set. You know how uh, Chanseys seem to be lower in the pop for some reason. Like I, I have a ton of Tommy Scratch cards and I only ever had one until I got this one. So I'm glad to have a second Chansey. Uh, for whatever reason, these sets, they can be hard to come by. So that, that was lucky for me. Nice. Yeah, I, I also fancy was like a more hard card to pull in, in Japan back in the day for some reason. Yeah. They, they thought more highly of that Pokemon for some reason. Not Nothing I know about, but interesting. Manny, I think Pika had probably the best character development in the anime besides Ash. Um, character development? Yeah. I mean, as far as his emotions, he had a wide range of emotions in the show and he was always pushing that team together. Oh yeah, well, I remember the, the first episode. He started as he didn't. He wanted no, nothing to do with Ash. Um, he kept electrocuting him and didn't want to be part of his team. He uh, now he's Ash's strongest Pokemon. He surpassed Charizard. He he just beat uh, a Charizard in the uh, World Tournament. Um, so he, he's like he's like one of the smaller Pokemon, but he beats legendary Pokemon in the show. Uh, he sh he has a lot of heart, a lot of fight, and uh, he's the champion now. So I've never actually watched the show. Is it is it more cartoonish based? I mean, obviously it's, it's anime, so it's cartoon. But is there like more advanced um, storylines for like older, or is it just like if my daughter watched it, would she get it and understand it? Would it kind of yeah. make sense based on her collecting? The first few seasons are pretty easy to follow. Okay, and then it just kind of grows because obviously it has a the demographic for Pokemon is like from here to here. It's huge. Like there's just it doesn't just focus for and it, I this actually will lead my next question for all of you to answer. How do you rank them out of importance and popularity? Let's just start with popularity. Obviously, Pokemon seems to be the most popular. Am I wrong? If you're gonna go number one. What are we uh, ranking? If you look at oh TCG or anime, because anime uh one piece is up there on a high level. Well, why don't we do either one, both of them? Anime and TCG. Number one, two, three, four. I mean, how, I don't know how many there are. Oh, shoot. Um, I, I sell art at conventions. Um, so I, I, I get to see the fans firsthand. And every year it, it can change. Um, so Bro's right with One Piece. Uh, it's It's been around so long and they continue to make new episodes. But my counter argument to that is... Um, if you go to some anyone in public, most people won't know what like gum gum fruit is or any of his special attacks of, of Luffy and he's the main character. But people will know Pikachu, people will know a Goku, uh, more so Pikachu. So when it, when it comes to branding in America, Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon, I think are the top, even Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, but like your grandma or grandpa would probably not know what One Piece is. What do you think, Manny? Or, I'm sorry. I would say I think for prestige, <laughs> yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, for prestige, not necessarily for popularity. The Studio Ghibli shows, uh, the movies oh. made by Studio Ghibli, uh, are just revered by anime fans, and they were some of the earliest, you know, anime films that came out to wide to wide audiences, and they're 
incredible, beautiful, um, things like Totoro and Ponyo and Spirited Away. Um, my kids, you know, I, I saw them with my oldest kid and my youngest kids love them. They're, they're really cool shows. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, talk to me about grading. When you're grading uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, when you're grading Pokemon cards, I mean, the, the, the Pokemons are, you know, they've got the rounded corners and all that. And I, I don't know, forgive me, with the Dragon Ball Z, are they like normal cards? The ones you have, those gold ones, I know those are the ones from the tournaments and all that. Those are just amazing, beautiful works of art. But are they all like, how, how what are the centering? I mean, what comes into play? I, Again, educate me. I'm, I'm I, I, I rip a ton of modern TCG um, across the board on a, on a lot of different uh, uh, animes or TCGs. And if, if it's from, coming from Bandai specifically, which makes One Piece and Dragon Ball, um, they do a fantastic job with packed fresh cards. Modern Pokemon to me has more issues out the pack. Uh, I think Manny will confirm that with his head <laughs> nod. Um, more corner issues, more back issues. Some of their corners aren't even rounded anymore. They have like a square cut shape to them. It's, it's really ragged and, and, and cheap to me. Looking at one piece cards and looking at the stock that they use now, it's very nice. That's why I get so many black labels and people are like, man, what are you doing? You all these black labels. I'm like, I'm literally doing nothing. <laughs> I'm taking them out of a pack right into a sleeve, into a, a card saver, and I'm sent out to grade because they're so good. The centering's pretty well. As long as the centering's spot on, you should be able to get a, a BGS 10 with a, a modern Pokemon, a modern uh, Dragon Ball or One Piece card. Got it. Anything you want yeah, to add? Pokemon, to come out, Pokemon comes out the packs all messed up and jacked up. Like They, they can be packed fresh, and they will be like six or sevens because they'll be whitening. The corners are uh, miscut. There might be scratches already on the card. Like the quality control for who's ever printing these cards is like terrible. With Pokemon, Japanese Pokemon's great though. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're 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 muted there, my friend. I don't think he knows. Yeah, you're we muted. Can't hear you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so whether you're looking at 96 or 99, you've got the yellow border around these cards, right? And yeah. and so you've and all kinds of the Pokemon cards. So the, the white edging uh issues show up big time. Any corner issues, they really display. So it's hard to get away with that. Um a big thing I've found is making sure the not just you look at the front centering, but the back centering as well, uh, to get nines and tens. Do is CSG because of the comic book connection? Is that a more, and you're talking about Beckett, bro, on, on some of those cards. Does CSG have a, a place in the collector's heart over PSA maybe? Is there a favorite or is it just all across the board? Collector okay. or investor? Because I think they're two different groups, right? I think from a collector, it's cheaper to go with CSG and send over there and have your card safeguarded in a holder. Um, whereas a little bit more with PSA or BGS, I think personally, as someone who buys grades and sells a lot frequently, uh, I go with what sells, uh, and which is going to be BGS tens and TCG, uh, outperform PSA 10 by a large margin, especially with really? modern easier to get a BGS 10. It's well worth sending it to BGS, at least for me. It's got to it's got to be a potential ten though, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. PSA eights, sevens, eights, nines are going to outsell the BGS. But if you think you have a chance at the ten or a black label, you go for it at BGS. 
100%. Now, I'm curious to see if that changes or evolves any with the silver labels now, uh, because I, I would, because let's face it, the white paper labels were terrible with Beckett, right? And everyone hated those labels. So are now with the new labels moving forward being all silver, will you value a PSA 4 over still a BGS 4 with great subgrades? Where's now that the, the label is presentable, where is that going to fall in at? Good question. And with the change of ownership, and if they change too much, it actually could be detrimental. So these things are in flux right now with um, the way things have changed in grading. We'll see. CSG, I, I don't really know too many people that use CSG. I know CGC for Pokemon is pretty popular. Um, because they came out during the pandemic when PSA and BGS were backed up and then charging so much money, CGC, you know, wiggled their way in with their discounts and um, um, they have a lot of customers with Pokemon. But yeah, I think PSA, I, BGS. I, I might have meant CSG, CGC. Is that, that's a comic book, correct? And in, in the, in the books, the Beckett's and the magazines and all of that, right? Correct? Oh, I get them mixed up too. I think yeah, which be, one is the tuxedo? What's the tuxedo? Uh, that's SGC. Uh, that, that's SGC. Okay. It's too many. It's too many of them. They're all. <laughs> they, they sound very closely related. They're just, yeah. just, just, yeah, just too much. Of all the, all um, the three letter acronyms. There's even more. more so, yeah, so. more. I know JSA. You go up to Canada. There's, there's like uh, KSA. I think out of Canada. KSA. Right. JSA out of Canada. Something like that. Yeah, that was the interesting thing with the hockey cards because I've, uh, I've got you know rediscovered my hockey love and big Patrick Kane fan and collecting his stuff and you get the cup cards right and they're the popular ones but nobody was talking to Jeremy Lee and he's like nobody grades hockey hockey collectors don't grade their cards they definitely don't grade patch cards very often so a lot of these cards are not graded on the market they're raw and so it's very it's just that whole dynamic of like if you're a true collector are you grading your cards are you grading these TCG cards are you or are you are you just keeping them because you want them um, and, and will they ever see the light of day? Because if you're collecting them, that kind of, it comes back to this whole collector, um, aspect of, of the hobby. So with that being said, and I want to respect everyone's time, we're kind of coming, coming up against it. Um, I wanted to go through with every one of you and, uh, what, detail me your five most prized cards that you have slabbed or unslabbed, like the ones that you would love to show off that, that matter to you. I know, bro, you walked us through a lot of your cards. You can pick them out as well if you'd like or you can talk about them um let's go through everybody and and, and label out or you can show off yeah it looks like you might be like putting them together um what those five cards are and why they matter let's start with you yeah wow dpc i, I dennis i wish i had uh had some time to think through this one because i got a lot of <laughs> a lot of cards and crazy cards um when we were just talking about the community and how the pandemic and stuff and um Adam Lefko sent me one of his 50 signed autograph cards. It's definitely on my coffin card list. Uh, he numbered them to 50 and sent them out to 50 people. Tops made those for him. And uh, I thought that was really cool. Just one of many people who I appreciated connecting with uh, through through that through the last few years. Um, I, I love my my Charizard uh, Tommy scratch cards. I you know I found these Tommy scratch cards with my son and really dove deep into it. So I've got um, six of the 14 PSA nines. There's no PSA tens. And that's the 1997 Tomy Charizard unscratched, um, you know. And then uh, I tell you, the one that I still need 
is I, I've got a complete set of Series 1 and Series 2 Tommy Scratch. It's 72 total cards, except for one card. I thought I had the whole set, but PSA returned my Scyther, uh, which is a, a hollow, a prism from Series 2, as Scratch, because it had some scratching on it. And that was a bummer. And so I'm still in the hunt for a Scyther, uh, and they're tough to find. So that, that will be one. I will find it uh, pretty soon. And then if we're just talking TCG cards, um, I do have a Blue Eyes White Dragon um, alternative version from the 90s. I love also some of the 90s Bandai cards. Um, so I have a 19, I think it's 1998. I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but there was a variation, really rare one um, that was kind of like a test print that has, um, it has gold foil like on the fingers and the teeth and stuff rather than silver. And they look really dope. That's in terrible condition, but um, tough to find and glad to have a copy of that. So I'm going to leave it at four. That's all I've got for now. That's fine. Yeah, well, however many you want. How about you, bro? Um, for me, it's it's pretty easy. Uh, I, everyone knows I'm a big Dragon Ball collector. Uh, I'm the biggest or largest shareholder of the gold metal cards in the world. So it's without a doubt going to be the metal cards that come in their case. So that's champion runner up. I don't have the cards in there because they're up in my safe in third place. So when uh, when these players win, um, they're given these gold cards and there's only five or six of those gold cards made in the world at different regions in the tournaments. Uh, and then now world second will be coming up. So it's for me, my black label, one of one, only black label gold medal card graded that I have. And then beyond that's going to be the rest of my gold cards in ranking order from hardest to get most desirable, which is always Goku Vegeta and Broly, and then uh, this year's world champion card I'll be trying to buy, hopefully. So once I get that, you'll definitely see it if I went buy the 101 world champion. That's awesome, man. Let's those go. Are just, those are gorgeous. Those are gorgeous cards. Wow. How about you, Manny? Um, there, there's a few. There's this uh, Lugia Crystal Rare, it's called, that I pulled when I was like 12 or 13 that I still have. Um uh, that, that was from the Aquapolis set. Again, I, it's like in a safe in the other room. I would have them right now, but I did not know we were doing this. That's okay. I would love to show you. I would love to show them off. But uh, yeah, the Lugia Crystal Rare. Um, there's this Charizard that we've been talking about the whole the whole uh, stream here. That Charizard from uh, base set, the original one, uh, base set unlimited. And um, I have a these uh you, you've heard you know mario mario is like the biggest character in nintendo and uh pikachu is arguably the most popular pokemon um so, and there's these cards that combine the two so it's Mar it's pikachu cosplaying as mario so i have four of those cards um and he cosplay as Lu luigi there are promos that came from japan um those are amazing cards and uh yeah that, that that's my list there Great. Comes I, can to I can throw in one other quick rarity and I forgot about that would be um, only one of these boxes has been seen in the market for the last 20 years. And it's a series two box of 1997 Tomy complete box. Um, and I it hit the market the auctions in Japan a few years ago and I won it and we haven't seen another one since. So I think that's a pretty cool, rare uh, Pokemon piece of history. Oh, yeah. Speaking so of Tomy, uh, one of the packs that Yamwax sent me had a hollow Pikachu in it which uh, there's not a lot of those on the market at all. So I still have that, and I'm going to send it into grading soon. But that is definitely one of my prize cards. Awesome. awesome. 
Really great. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for jumping on and, and talking about TCG and educating everybody, especially me. I mean, I, I sound very ignorant when we talk about this, but I think I represent a lot of people out there that just would be interested to learn more about it. I mean, I kind of see it through my daughter's eyes and she talks about all the characters and what they do and how they level up and how cool it is. And I bought her this book, talks about every single character for Pokemon and she just adores it, loves it. I think it's cool because it's a hobby for her cards like me. So it's exciting. Um, but there's so much to it. I, I think there's the game been shipped, the comp competitiveness that goes with Dragon Ball Z. I mean, that is incredible. Those, those, I mean, those cards you win, I mean, just the chase of trying to go get something that nobody else has. It's so rare. And to me, the rarity aspect of anything in the, and when it comes to a hobby or a collectible is what makes it special. It's what makes us excited about it excited other people even have it. And I've, I've said this multiple times on these, this, this series is that, you know, there isn't, of course people want certain cards and they want to have them, but there's this collective like excitement other people have for other people's good fortune with cards and collectibles and our hobby that crosses TCG sports cards. It's pretty, it's pretty special. You know, we all get excited for one another when we obtain a really cool card. We don't get angry. We don't get resentful. We don't get mad. Maybe there's people that do, but a majority of the hobby is like, right on, man. That's a beautiful card. That's really cool. They go out of their way to tell you that. They, they're they excited for you. They literally are excited for like, when bro shows us some of his stuff, I'm like, that's so cool. I'm so glad he has it. That's so neat. He's so excited about it. That brings him joy. That's exciting to me. It's like that little community. I think that that's a healthy thing. It's a fun thing. And I hope today, you know, we're able to, to explain, you guys are able to explain a little bit more about what that stuff means to you so that other people can learn about it and maybe uh, get involved in TCG themselves. So thank you so much. Thank you, man. It's an honor being in this four square and a joy to be collecting with you guys. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, guys. Appreciate take care. Yeah. Friends, if you have any comments or questions, anything you want to know, these three will be probably in the, in the comments below answering any questions you have about TCG. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you can uh, follow Yam at Yamwax and Bro Namath at Bro Namath and at Manny Simone Collects on Instagram. I'm DPZ or at PC with DPZ. This is part of the Luka Nation Network Collector Series the panel on TCG. Thank you and have a great day. With nearly 40 years as the most trusted resource for collectors, dating back to the first Beckett magazine in 1984, Beckett has been the brand that bridges generations of the hobby. We're happy to be partnering with Beckett and look forward to keeping you all updated on the big things happening at the company in 2023. Beckett. It's the name you know and the name you can trust.